Welcome to BSEN Shorts, a short-form interview series where we talk to coaches who work around the world in wonderful locations. Today's guest is Cameron Herbert, who has been in Malawi. Enjoy. Cameron, thanks for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, William. Thank you for having me on. So where have you come to talk to us about? Uh, I'm currently located in uh, Lilongwe, Malawi. It's the capital city in Malawi. Uh, more specifically, it's the central region. Uh, it's one of the uh, busiest regions and probably the most popular regions with the most things to do. And uh, most of the expats uh, reside in Lilongwe. So I'm sure you've had this a lot. A lot of people might never have heard of Malawi before. Can you tell us where it is? Sure. So Malawi is a very small landlocked country and the, I guess, in East Africa, Southern East Africa, depending on who you ask, um, most known for Lake Malawi, which is um, a growing tourist destination. Um, but Malawi is slowly becoming known for uh, excellent footballers, courtesy of yours truly. <laughs> well done. How long have you been there for? Uh, I've been here since March 2022, so just about eight months now. Um, and I'll be going back home in December of the same year. Um, and hope, hopefully I'm coming back next year. Uh, we're ironing that out now as we speak. Well, if you're hoping to go back, clearly you've been enjoying it. So let's talk about what's so good about Malawi. And hopefully we can uh, peel back the curtain so others will be open to the idea of going there should the opportunity arise. Sure. Who have you been uh, coaching for there? I've been working with Ascent Soccer. They've got uh, two campuses, one in the long way of Malawi and then one in Uganda. Um, but I've been strictly at the Malawi location. I'm sure a lot of people on Twitter and LinkedIn will have heard of Ascent. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on there. What is it that appealed to you initially about the role and about Malawi itself? So... Malawi not known for its not known not known for its football ability, uh, being able to produce football players. Um, it's a very ambitious project here at Ascent, so we want to be, uh, I guess, like the right to dream for this part of the continent. We want to be able to identify talent, produce the talent, nurture the talent, and then uh, give it, put them on the platform they deserve to be on. Um, and that was really what spoke to me. In Canada, I was working with players who come from. Good backgrounds, you know, financially wise, at least like they were never going to struggle. Um, university was always going to be an option for them. They were never going to have to worry about a job and so on and so forth. So in that regard, coaching wasn't that rewarding. Um, it, you know, getting a player on a scholarship is really, it feels good. But taking a player who's got raw football potential and then giving them the education, the nutrition, the football training to help them reach that potential, much more, it's a much more fulfilling prospect. And that's what really uh, sold me on the idea. Um, because you are working with the best players um, in the country for each age group. You know, we have the best U12s in the country, the best U15s in the country, the best U18s in the country on the girls' side as well. Um, a number of our players play for the youth national teams, if not all of them at some point, will play for the youth, the youth national teams or the senior national team. So there's a lot of really good players to work with, um, especially from a technical perspective. Um, I think as coaches, we always want people uh, to do everything we want them to do perfectly. And we're very frustrated because sometimes the players we have are not good enough. Here, I would say the big limitation is their tactical understanding of the game. And that's mainly, down to, mainly due to the education system in Malawi. So in short, 
the technical level of the players is extremely exciting. And then the prospect of helping put these players, um, I guess, on the world stage is what drew me in. Well, that leads in nicely to the next question. So you're talking about the education and that they might be a little bit behind uh, tactically. So let's talk about the football infrastructure. What's it like there? How, are there a lot of clubs? Is there much involvement from the Federation? The FA, I would say, is behind, um, I guess, ambition-wise. Uh, they have a lot of ideas that I don't personally agree with. Uh, or some, Sometimes they do things really well, like the amount of youth tournaments that are in Blanta, which is the southern city in Malawi. Um, but that city is much more built up than the Longway, despite the Longway being the capital. And the FA resides in Blantyre. So there's a bit of bias towards Blantyre. Um, so I think they're trying to build out that part of the country first before expanding uh, upwards. Um, the FA, I would say, aren't too involved with youth football. I, was, I think we just recently got a U17 girls national team. Um, and then below that, there are no national teams. Um, scouting is still... I guess done word of mouth. You have to do quite a lot of traveling. There's no video and um, I guess statistics being taken outside of the TNM Super League, which is the top flight here. So um, it's very difficult, I would say, for for clubs outside of Ascent to identify a town. They just don't have the time, resources, or energy or manpower to do so. So oh, go ahead. Yeah. You know, it's, it's still very much in the works. The, the country is still very far behind, um, say, like in England or Canada, where, you know, you, the infrastructure is there from U6 all the way to the U23s and senior team, right? It just does, it exists here. It doesn't, not yet, at least. So let, uh, let me ask a couple ignorant questions, because a lot of this is to try and educate coaches. Do you play on dirt and do you use bamboo for goalposts? When we go scouting in Mizuzu and Blantyre, yes, we play on dirt pitches because there just aren't, isn't a lot of grass. It only rains four months a year, four to six months a year if you're really lucky. So the local pitches are dirt, uh, mostly. The one, the, the teams that play in the Super League, um, they have grass pitches, but water is very expensive and gardeners are very expensive. So the pitches eventually just turn into like a mix of dirt and dust in the Super League. Um, and then that also trickles down into the local pitches that we scout from. But when you come to our campus, um, pitches are green. Uh, they get watered every day. It looks exactly like, um, you know, an academy would in, in Canada, America, Europe. You know, you've got your metal goalposts with your, um, I guess, with your, not cloth, but your, your string netting, your mesh, you know, none of, none of the bamboo. But when you go scouting, um, in like, you know, some village that's, you're never going to find on Google Maps um, for, you know, some, some for talent, you will, you will find dirt pitches, but most teams don't train on them though. Off the back of that, let me ask you, what were some misconceptions before going? Or what are typical misconceptions you, that you often hear about Malawi? I was scared I was going to be robbed. Um, I was scared that um, I would get sick from who knows what number of viruses and such that people talk about. Um, I was scared that, you know, locals wouldn't like me because I'm white um, and I'm coming here kind of telling them how to play football and all that. Um, none of those were true. Um, I, I got malaria once, but 
I think that's more of a case of being unlucky than, uh, you know, malaria just being an issue. And malaria wasn't even that bad, in fairness. I think it's a rite of passage, maybe. Um, <laughs> but um, also, I don't, I, I get treated with a lot of respect, right? When you tell people you're here for football and you're coaching youth football, people don't really give you a hard time. They're quite thankful. Um, you will pay maybe more money to do basic things like paying for a cab. You might pay like 20 pence more, 50p more, but that's about it really. That's probably the, yeah, that's the worst of it. Yeah, a few places do have the foreign tax when it comes to taxi prices. Yeah. Uh, what has taken some adjusting to since being in Malawi? The level of education, for sure. Um, before coming, I thought the biggest issue uh, for countries like Malawi was there was no money, and then these countries didn't have their issues exposed to the world, which I've now kind of switched on that. Uh, it's definitely a case of education. Um, people here don't finish secondary school. Um, they very, very rarely finish primary school. So the local language here is Chichewa. So some kids will only just speak Chichewa their entire lives, despite English being taught in schools um, from the age of 13 up. So, which is also too late to start, in my opinion. Um, but there's just a lot of things uh, that Malawi doesn't have that other, I guess, for, uh, developed countries would have. For example, if you're going to be in a bilingual country, uh, you, you wouldn't make primary school the native tongue and then secondary school exclusively uh, the bilingual language. Right? You would kind of have to mix it at some point. You have to bridge that gap so there isn't any issues. Whereas here, primary school is a local language and then it's cold turkey, secondary school, English, which is why a lot of kids fail secondary school. So the education system needs to improve, which since I've been here, it looks like it's improving, um, or at least they're in the direction of trying to improve, which is, um, which is good, I guess. But that's the biggest obstacle is the education. Kids don't understand anything. You know, I think I, I show up to the training pitch with, you know, pen and paper to draw it out for them. I have a laptop or my phone to show videos of what I'm trying to get them to do, tactically at least. Um, I have to demonstrate myself what I want done. So you really do need to get creative with how you want to explain to people who one, don't speak the same language as you and two, just have a very poor level of education. Aside from malaria, what are some of the challenges that you faced? Just that, just that really. I mean, I would say food is a bit, it's a bit of a stretch to say food's a challenge, but I'm paying way too much money for cheese is I guess is the, the biggest complaint I have because it's a landlocked country. We're not, and Malawi's not known for its dairy production. So everything, anything, any dairy product is imported from South Africa. So those, yeah, those are maybe like, you're looking at for a 500 gram thing of butter, if not paying maybe 12 pounds, 15 pounds for it. It's just absurd. But if that's my biggest complaint about Malawi, they should tell you things are, Pretty okay, pretty decent. That's not bad, is it? Lack of cheese that I could do is uh, eating less cheese. So. <laughs> you say that now until you stop having cheese for a couple months, uh, and then you get a little desperate. Yeah, oh, I won't take it for granted. I know that. I, I, <laughs> for a while, I took real bacon for granted. Wow. Yeah. What kind of things do you do for fun over there? Well, uh, there is lots. There is lots to do. Um, I think I read a lot. I read much more now than I did in Canada. Um, 
there's football to play there's frisbee to play there's a bunch of like recreational sports you can go play for um adults of all school levels um i like to go to the gym a lot um and then there's no there's no cinema unfortunately at least not yet um which i think that i, I miss the cinema a lot but reading gym recreational sports um all within maybe a 15 minute drive if you really yeah i don't think it goes much farther than that so it's it's been good. You can keep yourself entertained, I think, if you're if you like being active. Have you found it hard to integrate into society or, or make a social life? I don't think so. One of the one of the th first things I was told when I got here was how quickly I was able to adapt, and that might be because of my personality and and whatnot. But um, I think that Ascent is very welcoming as an organization, as a stars. But then um, the country is welcoming as well. Like there's no Malawians that I butt heads with. Everyone's quite welcoming. Um, and there's a number of social lives you can go to. There's clubs you can go to. There's, you know, karaoke nights, dance clubs. There's plenty of options to, for, for you to explore. Um, yeah, you, you, you won't really, I think, be out of ideas for things to do. How has going that benefited you as a coach? Well, I get to work with um, UA, more UEFA licensed coaches, which I can't say I was able to do in Canada. They were very hard to come by. Um, my previous club had an Argentinian pro licensed coach, but before that club, um, I had never worked with a pro licensed coach before or an A licensed coach before. The highest licensed coach I've ever worked with was a B. Um, now I'm working with two B licensed coaches, a C licensed coach. I'm a C licensed coach as well. So um, moving here means I get to work with better coaches. Um, and when you work with better coaches as you're trying to develop yourself as a coach, it, it, it's, it's massively important. Like I would say, yeah, the biggest, the biggest, best thing about, it, about being here is the coaches I work with. They've helped me a lot. Um, they've helped me understand how players learn. They've helped me understand how, uh, you know, how to improve players who don't speak English, don't know how to learn themselves, uh, how to create an environment that fosters learning, because uh, none of these issues really existed in Canada. You know, you can kind of figure out how kids learn when you spend enough time with them. Here, they just don't know how to learn because they never taught how to learn. They never, the education system just abandoned that idea. So you really have to think on your feet. You have to be creative. And coaches here help me figure that out. Away from coaching, how has working and living in Malawi benefited you as a person? I'm absolutely more humble now. Um, things I complain about in Canada, I certainly don't complain about now. Um, I, I, like I said, uh, I read a lot more, and that's not down to just... There's lots of bookstores in Malawi. Um, this year has been especially bad for Malawi, just rolling power, power outages because a dam that um, gives the whole country electricity broke. So it's kind of being repaired. So there's load shedding. So some days you have power, some days you don't. Um, so the days that I don't have power, I do lots of reading. Um, back home, if the power went out, even for a couple hours, it ruined my whole day. I was very sour about it. And yeah, it was just pretty much just threw my toys away. Now, the power's out, there's other things to do, there's journaling, there's reading, there's going to the gym. Um, you learn to make do, right? Sometimes uh, you know, when the power goes out, you don't get to cook the dinner you were planning to cook. 
So you have to wait a little longer. You have to make something else. Whereas back home, these small inconveniences would have just really put me off. Like, oh, I don't get to make my lasagna tonight. This is the worst day ever. Or stuff, stupid stuff like that. Immature stuff. Now, now much more humble. Things don't really get under my skin as much. Final question. What advice would you give to someone considering working in Malawi? Come with an open mind um, and try to be as adaptable as possible. Um, no, nothing here runs on time. So if someone says they're going to be here at 9 a.m., expect them to be, at, be here at 11 or 12. Um, there's very few things we can control, um, but the things that we can control are done really well. Um, but being adaptable lets you manage the things you can't control and manage how you feel about that. Because if you let it, if you let everything uh, that you can't control get under your skin anywhere in the world, not just Malawi, you're, you'll be worse for it. Karen, thank you very much for your time. Hope you enjoyed that and found that useful. Thank you to Cameron for coming on. We're always looking for coaches who want to help other coaches expand their knowledge about different countries and different cities around the world. So if you'd like to spare 15, 20 minutes to try and help us out, just get in contact. See you next time.